was so excited about preaching, I came up too early. How many of you all can honestly say that Jesus has been good to you? You've been blessed. I mean, amen. Yes. Thank you all, team. You're amazing. Um, we're starting a brand new series today called Move to the Right, which has nothing to do with politics. So get that out of your mind. That's not what we're talking about. Okay? We're looking at, um, if you guys notice, we tend to write from left to right. And so that's the way we want to move. We want to move to the right. There are five categories. If you guys see the, the banner back there, there are five categories. Uh, the casual, the first is the casual. Uh, the second is the crowd. The third is the community. The fourth is the core. The fifth is the, uh, uh, the committed. And so we want to constantly move people <clears throat> more towards the ideal, towards being a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what this series is about. That's what our church is about. We're about take, wherever you are, take the next step move. The main thing today is the first need is for connection with Jesus and his church. So we're going to start with that first category, the casual. The casual is the person who may have uh, been here once, a, a first-time visitor, a person who's not committed to Jesus Christ, maybe not committed to the church, but they're checking things out. And so that's the category several people are in, and if that's what you're in, praise God. I'm so glad you're here. This is the church for you. We're going to talk, yes, absolutely. And so this is what we, we, we want to clarify the process. We're moving from, from non-committed to fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. We want to make that process very easy, that, that, that very clear. Not easy, but clear so you know what to do. Um, I read a Gallup poll um, that came out this past week. And it simply asked this, how often do you attend church or synagogue? Every week, almost every week, about once a month, seldom, or never? And, the, and it showed the answers broken down. In 2005, the number for every week was 32%. Um, by 2022, that number had dropped to 20%, a 12% drop-off, saying that they're there every Sunday. In 2005, the number for never was 17%. 17% of people reported they never went to church or synagogue or anything. By 2022, that number had risen to 31%. So we're moving in the wrong direction here. Now, interestingly enough, the numbers in the middle of almost every week, uh, occasionally, uh, the kind of thing, were unchanged. So the only movement was at the always and the never. The, the middle was relatively unchanged. And so what we want, we, 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 I think that America is moving in the wrong direction uh, when our, with our dedication to Christ, our dedication to our faith. And we're seeing major, major consequences of that. Okay, I'm 49 years old. I've been around almost, almost half a century now. And I'm telling you this, that 30 years ago, I did not see the levels of anxiety, depression, loneliness, hopelessness, despair that I'm seeing right now. And I believe truly that that is because we are disconnecting from God and from each other. That is the cause of it. And we're doing this to ourselves willingly. No one's forcing us to do this. We're doing this willingly. And so what I believe the church needs to do is the church can stand as a, as a rock in that stream saying, let's move the other way. Let's get more dedicated to Christ. Let's get more dedicated to our faith. Let's engage with each other more. And let's stand against this, this, this uh, direction that our culture is going in. 
And the way that we do this, I believe, I believe, this, I would not be a pastor if I didn't believe this. I believe that the church is the hope of the world. I don't believe hope is found anywhere else. If, church, if hope could be found anywhere else, I'd be doing that. This is where I believe hope is found. And so the first thing, as we look at the casual, we want to move people to the right. The biggest need for the casual is connection with Jesus and his church. Romans 10, 14 through 15 says this. How then can they call on one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Okay, so if, if, if we're going to connect people with Jesus Christ, how are they ever going to know about him unless they're sent, unless they hear, unless, they're, unless someone tells them? So uh, you guys understand what a massive thing visiting a church is, Right? You know what a massive thing that is? Um, um, gone are the days of society assuming that Sunday is for church. You know, those days are gone. If you're hoping those will come back, I got bad news for you. They're not coming back, okay? As a culture, they're not coming back. But most of our friends and neighbors think about church, uh, missing church on Sunday, kind of like you or I would, would think about missing synagogue yesterday. Anybody miss synagogue yesterday? Uh, I mean, really, I, I didn't even think about it. Well, that's the mentality, that's the mindset we have to understand. And if you were to actually decide to go to a synagogue this coming Saturday, what would you think? That's what our friends and our neighbors think when they visit a church. So my question is this. Let's say that you go to a synagogue this Saturday and you're truly seeking what, what Judaism was all about. What would you need to happen in order for you to return the next Saturday? Hmm. Well... I, I think you discovered that it's a lot of things. But the first, you would need to feel welcome. It doesn't matter what the rabbi says or what the preacher says or what the band sings if you don't feel welcome. All right, There's nothing more awkward than feeling like you walked into the wrong room. I, I remember I was a freshman uh, in 1988. And I went to, back then, elementary school was first through sixth. Anybody tracking with me? And then junior high was 7th through ninth. okay? So, yeah, and then high school was 10th through 12th. So I was a freshman, but I was still at Morton Junior High School, so I'd never been to Henry Clay before. We were having a team meeting, and I was late, and I was running. Th I didn't know where I was. I was in a strange high school, and I saw this room with a bunch of people that looked like athletes. And so I burst in, and it's a football team meeting with a bunch of big seniors glaring at me. I was decked out in soccer gear, and I learned that day that soccer players and football players don't particularly get along real well, okay? And so I was, I, you talk about feeling out of place. I was in the wrong room. Now, nobody said anything. Nobody glanced, nobody did anything. Nobody was ugly or mean, but I knew I was in the wrong room. And I found out right there, that I certainly wasn't going back. And if you're, if you're made to feel like that, you're not coming back either. So what's it like for a person who visits our church? They feel like a freshman soccer player that stumbled in at a football meeting. They feel that we inadvertently communicate to people that they're in the wrong room. 
Well, if we do, we shouldn't expect any growth. We shouldn't expect any, uh, anyone, any lost people to come to Christ. See, guys, we're called to win the lost. That's the church's primary job. Jesus said himself, I came here to seek and save the lost. People, that is our job. Okay, the church's main goal is to bring the loss of saving faith in Jesus Christ. It's to make disciples who can make disciples. And I believe the only way that happens is through the church. So this is very, very important. Very important that we get this right. Um, the first seven minutes are everything. The first seven minutes of church. Check this out. Research shows that a visitor to a church makes up his or her mind if they're returning in the first seven minutes. If you notice, I don't start preaching until about halfway through, after about 30 minutes. Okay, so they're already deciding, if, you're, if, you are, this, if this is your first time here at Cattles, you've already decided, according to research, if you're coming back. And it was before I stood up here to preach, or before a note was saying. So what do they see in the first seven minutes? Well, the casual asks, do I fit in here? Do I fit in here? Long before they ask, do I need Jesus? I'm going to say that again. The, the casual will say, do I fit in here? Long before... They ask, do I need Jesus? Okay? Uh, the, the thing's going through their mind. Am I dressed wrongly? Are there people here that I can get along with? Are the people friendly? Do they seem to want me here? Those are questions that need to be answered in those first seven minutes if we are to reach people for Christ. Okay? I, 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 this, this is the truth. Christian hospitality will form the lens through which ca the casual view everything else. Christian hospitality will form the lens through which the ca casual view everything else. I've I visited a church plant. We were getting uh, together our team. We were about getting ready to start Catalyst 15 years ago. Uh, I visited a church plant in Knoxville. I was visiting my brother, and, and, uh, and, and I, I said, well, I'm going to go see this new church plant and, uh, and everything, get some ideas maybe. I walk in there, and first of all, the time on the website was wrong. So I get there like an hour early. And, and so the first, first impression was, well, I just wasted an hour. I got up an hour early. That, wasn't, that was not a good lens. Then I, it was in a movie theater. And so the, pop, like the, the, the uh, concession stand was where they served coffee. And I thought, this is really cool. I mean, this is really cool. They had signs, they had children's ministry there. I didn't have my kids with me, so that wasn't really relevant. But, you know, um, I, I walk in there, and there's this group of people in a circle talking behind the concession stand. And so I walk up there. Now, obviously, I am a visitor. I look like I have no idea what I'm doing. And I stand there like an idiot at the concession stand, and they're talking in a circle. No one notices. I kid you not, I stand there for like five minutes. And finally, I, I, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to interrupt, so I kind of, you know, kick the concession stand, make a sound. And, I, and a guy, I kid you not, a guy turns around and does this. He doesn't turn. He turns around and does this. And I said, um, is this uh, such, such church? He goes, he goes, yeah. He turns right back around and starts talking. Now, if, they, if, if a person is asking, is this such and such church, it's obvious they've never been there before, Okay. If you've been here at least twice, you know this is Catalyst Christian Church, okay? All right? And so I, and he turns his back. I'm like, okay, what was just communicated to me? I'm not, well, I'm in the wrong room. I felt like that freshman soccer player in a room full of senior football players. And I said, well, I'm already here. I, I might as well stay here. So I wander around. 
And people start coming in, and they're talking, they're laughing. It looks like they're a lot of friends, you know, having a great time, laughing, talking. Kids are coming in. It's great. And I'm alone in the crowd. And so I go in, and I sit down. And from that point on, it didn't matter what happened. I was never coming back. It didn't matter if the worship was moving. It didn't matter if the sermon was, was something like out of, out of Peter's uh, uh, message at the day of Pentecost and, and tongues of fire were, were, were coming down and 3,000 people baptized. I wasn't coming back, y'all, because I didn't fit in. And it was communicated to me in my first seven minutes that I was not necessary. And so I wonder, and, and, I, and I thought to myself, I'm a church planner, I'm a pastor And this is what I'm feeling. I wonder if some broken person came in and they were seeking something and they were seeking to know about Jesus and they were seeking a community. They were seeking eternal truth. And that they were treated that way. It formed the lens through which I viewed everything else. And I've never gone back since. See, guys, the first seven minutes there, first seven minutes determine everything. Every Sunday, guys, every Sunday for the casual, we must take the posture of a family expecting guests. Family expecting guests. All right, if you're hosting people in your home, you act very differently than the guests. At least I hope you do. Okay? I hope you do. You fix. You prepare food. You clean the house. I think it's hilarious. You get that phone call from the friend. Hey, we're in the neighborhood. We thought we'd stop by. You're like, oh, sure, come on over, boom, and you are flying through the house. You're throwing clothes in the closet. You're getting dishes out of the sink. You're, you know, everything. You go 100 miles an hour. The doorbell rings, knock on the door. You open up first thing. You say, ah, come on in. House is a mess. I wish that somebody would be honest and say, you know what? Appreciate this because this is the cleanest this house has been in two months. Okay? You know, yeah, Exactly. So do you view yourself as a host, you people who have been part of Catalyst Christian Church for a while, do you view yourself as a host? Do you view yourself as a, as a family expecting guests? Do you look, for, make people feel welcome? If there's trash on the floor, pick it up. You're a host. You're a family expecting guests, okay? Why is this so important? Well, because... This is number three. The casual will accept the community before they will accept Christ. Christianity is far more often caught than it is taught. I I do this constantly, and I love it because I know the answers. How many of you all, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, you came to faith in Christ because of a TV program, a movie, Passion of the Christ, uh, uh, something, um, okay, how many of you all came to Christ because of a, uh, a, a thing, something on the radio? You listen to K-Love and, and, uh, or, or a TV or, or a radio preacher or a podcast. How many of you all came to Christ because you walked into a church and you heard a sermon that moved you and you became a Christian because of that? Okay, one or two, okay. Now, how many of you all that are Christians, you came to Christ because of a Christian that you knew, loved you, and spent time with you, and showed you by example what it meant to be a Christian? How many? Look around, y'all. Christianity is far more often caught than it is taught, and the casual will accept the community far before they will accept 
Christ. Romans 6.23 says this, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the truth. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what we want people to hear, but they won't hear it if they don't have the community around them first. The wages of sin is death. And what, what, what the truth is, is that the wages, wages is what you pay, what you get paid for, for what you do. The wages that you have coming for you for, for the sin in your life and in my life is death, is hell, is separation from God. That's what we got coming to us, the Bible says. That's the gospel. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord, through his sacrifice on the cross, through his dying for you and me, taking the bullet that was intended for us, sitting in the electric chair for us, taking our place. That is the way to eternal life. And, but it's only a gift if you reach out and take it. And my prayer is that every one of you who is not saved today will do that by the end of this sermon, by the end of this service, because there's no better choice you'll ever make. But you won't hear that. You won't hear that gospel if you're not part of the community first. So people, if you want to bring people to Christ, you say, well, I've never led someone to Christ, but I really want to. You know what you can do? You can be hospitable on Sunday morning. You can invite a person who comes to church for the first time out to lunch with you after. You can make them feel like they are part of the community. And you can establish relationship and friendship and be that example for them. Because Christianity is far more often caught than it is taught. And there are three things that we have to look out for. These are three immediate turnoffs or somebody that is investigating Christ and investigating the Christian faith and investigating our faith. Three things that will just deep six it, that will destroy it, and like the, an atom bomb, blow it up. The first thing is this, is indifference. Indifference. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10 says this. This instruction to us as a church. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Remember, remember this, you all. The casual are not reading their Bibles very much. They're reading you. Okay? You're the Bible. You're their Bible. You are the Bible they are reading. And if they sense indifference towards the Bible, towards Jesus, towards God, towards your Christian faith in you, they will be forced to assume that it's not that important. It's not that big a deal. Okay? If they perceive that, 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 uh, that, that you could take him or leave him, that he's a nice idea when you don't have something else going on, or that they, they will conclude he's just not that important. The Bible refers to that as lukewarmness. Lukewarmness, spiritual state of lukewarmness. I like to call it indifference because indifference really speaks to our, uh, speaks to our culture. Remember, the opposite of hate is not, is not uh, opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference, okay? And so if they perceive an indifference towards Jesus, towards the church in your life, well, that's the Bible they're reading, Okay? If someone visits a church, people look bored. If they wish they were anywhere but here, they don't participate in anything. If they're disengaged from everything, they'll immediately turn off to the casual. And that indifference to, to Jesus also shows up in indifference to people. We cannot be indifferent to Jesus or to each other. In a hyper-individualized culture, I just referred to where we generally don't value relationships like we should, the church has the opportunity to be completely different. We are a depressed, anxious, 
lonely society. But the Bible teaches that all people are made in the image of God. And therefore, every person has inherent value as God's children. Every person. Last fall, when we took our mission trip to India, I asked Ravi, our missionary over there, I said, I don't want missions one, you know, 101. I want you to schedule us. I want you to send us to the hardest places, to the most unreached, most unloved, most neglected people in places you can find. He said, oh, there are a lot of those people. Are you sure? I said, that's exactly what I want. And he took us, he sure did. He took us to tribal areas where people lived without water. Uh, He took us to a colony for the blind. He took us to orphan children. And there was not a single person that we met over there that was not created in the image of God. And there wasn't a single person there that Jesus didn't die for. And the world has told those people that they don't matter. They have no money. They have no worldly success. They're not politicians and leaders and CEOs. And yet they are precious in God's sight. And I want to bring that home. There's not a person in here that is not made in the image of God. There's not a person in here that Jesus did not die for. There's not a person that you will meet today, this week, this month, that does not matter to God. I love the church. It's a place that welcomes anyone, and a world that always welcomes people with qualifications. One of my favorite stories, one of my inspirational stories, was told by Pastor Tony Campolo. He was preaching on the love of God. He was a guest preacher at a church, and he was preaching on the love of God. And he noticed, sitting on the front row, there was a man who was getting angrier and angrier every word that he spoke. And when he got done preaching, he went up to the guy and he said, Mr., I don't know what's going on with you, but God loves you. And if you will give the people in this church a chance, they will love you too. Well, the man swore him up and down, the, up and down, blew fire, made a sailor blush, and then left quickly. The next year, Tony Campala was back at that same church to preach, and he noticed the same guy right there. And as he was preaching, he got done preaching, the man came up to him, and the man said, you remember me? And Campala's like, yeah, you're the guy that cussed me out in church. And he goes, that's right. He goes, last year, you came here to preach. You preached on the love of God that day. He goes, that week, I had buried the only person that had ever loved me, my wife. And the pastor had done the funeral, so I figured I owed him one, so I came to church. And you preached on the love of God, and you said that God loves me, and if I gave the people in this church a chance, they would love me too. And Paul goes, yep. And he said, the man started smiling. He goes, well, I gave him that chance, and you know what? They do love me. 
I got baptized about two months ago. And here I am to say thanks. Isn't that to the credit of the church? That people would take a broken man, a profane man, who was angry at the world, mad at the world, and love him and accept him and show him the love of God so that he would become a believer in Christ. It's amazing. It's amazing. Isn't that to the credit of the church, a place that loves people in a world that simply doesn't love people? But if there's indifference to people that are made in the image of God that Jesus died for, that will be an immediate turnoff. The second turnoff is this, infighting. Infighting. James 4, 1 through 2 says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire to have, but, but, uh, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you don't ask God. The Bible clearly tells us that the cause of all problems, anger, conflict, is people not getting what they want. And through my 49 years on this planet, that is true. When people don't get what they want. I've even, I've even observed that you don't know a person's spiritual maturity until they don't get what they want. That's when you see the person. That's very true. So imagine your friend invites you to his house. He says, come on over. And, uh, you know, hang out with me a little bit. And you walk into the house. And the mom and dad are yelling at each other. Uh, the brother and the sister engage over in a fight uh, uh, who gets the car that weekend. Grandma's telling everyone to shut up so she can watch her soaps. It's chaos. You probably don't want to be there. I wouldn't want to be there. I'd take one look at this. I've got enough drama and conflict in my life without this. It's perfectly okay to disagree with people. We don't disagree the way the world does. Anybody knows the way the world disagrees? The world says anyone with a different opinion is my mortal enemy. That's the broken, lost way of dealing with differences. It's not the way of the church, nor is it the way of the Christian. Can people with different political views worship next to each other? Yes. Can people with different views on life worship Jesus in the same church? Yes. Remember the founding statement of the Christian church, in essentials, unity, and not essentials, liberty, and all things, love. Infighting will turn off the casual quicker than anything, but a community of people that truly loves each other that may have some differences but still come together for communion and worship and, and celebrating baptisms and, and, and praising Jesus as the Son of God, that is immediately attractive. People that are genuinely glad to see each other on Sunday mornings, they're glad to, who are at peace with each other, people who routinely invite others to their homes for a meal or for coffee, or people who do life together, who will go on vacation together, or who will simply sit around a fire pit at night and enjoy each other's company. That is immediately attractive to a world that doesn't understand how to disagree. Infighting. Listen. Listen. If you have grievances against anyone in the church, forgive. What you're holding on to is not that important. It's not. Think about eternity. Think about the blip that this life is what you, what, what you are so concerned over and what you're so concerned and, and, and adamant about 
in the grand scheme of things, if it's not about Jesus, it doesn't matter. Forgive. Get over it. Love each other. And let's be an amazing community where the casual will want to be. There's enough fighting out there in the world. We don't need it in the church or amongst each other. We are called to love each other. Love each other deeply. The third thing, and this is my favorite one. This is the thing that drew me into the church. The opposite of what I'm about to say. Inconsistency. Inconsistency. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Everybody likes to talk about this verse like it's society-wide. But this, this, he is talking about the church in the end times. Listen to this one. Mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying his power have nothing to do with these people. And I've heard so many pastors say, that is exactly the way society looks. Well, I got news for you. That's the way society has always looked. It's always looked that way. What he is talking about here, he's talking about what the church will look like. That the church will be these things. There will be inconsistency in what the church says and what the church does. It will be inconsistency in what Christians say they believe and how they act. And that is the biggest turnoff of all. One of the reasons I was drawn to the church, I was drawn to as a young man, back in my 20s, one of the reasons why I was drawn to the church wasn't because I saw inconsistency. It was because there were people there that lived the truth of Jesus so passionately that it drew me in. I didn't want to go to a church that made it easy for me. I didn't want a church that said, hey, just show up on Sunday morning and that's good enough. That was an immediate turnoff to me because the, what I read in the Bible and what I saw needed to, be, needed to be the same. And so the church that challenged me, that called me to high levels of faith, called me to high levels of devotion to Jesus Christ, to sacrifice all the things that this world said is so important and go after Jesus with 100% of myself, that was what was attractive to me. That was what drew me in as a young man. And I'm telling you this, nobody wants to join a, an organization or a church that doesn't do anything, that doesn't expect anything, where it's just it's kind of amorphous, yeah, let's get together and feel good. No one wants to join that. Those kind of churches that are making it easy and noncommittal and everything, those churches are in decline. The churches that expect things, Expect the members to live holy lives. They expect the church to, uh, to, to have high levels of commitment to Jesus Christ. Those are the ones that are actually growing. All right? The church told me, the, the thing that got me, the church told me I had to come and die to myself, to worldly passions, and to, be, be, and, and to go after Jesus Christ, surrender all of my life, my dreams, my plans, everything for, for the, the, the magnification of Jesus Christ. That's what got me. And I have a feeling that's what will get you too. We're searching for purpose. I found it. Like I said, I was turned off by shallow expectations of me. People that 
thought I, the, 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 best that they could, the, the best I could offer was just show up. I took that as a sign of disrespect. I figured any pastor didn't challenge me to live as Jesus did was a hypocrite. It was when I saw consistency in the church and the Bible where they lined up, that's when I jumped in. I wasn't interested in basking in some lukewarm, half-hearted, inconsistent religion. I wanted leaders to challenge me to go further, to be more dedicated, to surrender my whole life to Jesus Christ. Those were the ones that appealed to me as a young man, young 20-something, searching for his way in life. I wanted them to lead by example. I wanted them to go to the hard places in this country and other countries. I wanted to see them making the hard calls. I wanted to see them making the tough choices. I wanted to take the, the tough stands, the stuff no one else was doing. And I studied what the Apostle Paul had been through in his dedication to Jesus Christ, how he was, he was persecuted, how he was jailed, how he was beat up everywhere he went and, and eventually executed. And, and, and you're like, well, Dave, that's what you want? No. I want the kind of faith and dedication that will result in that. That was what drew me to Jesus Christ was consistency because the Apostle Paul believed that Jesus was the only way and he lived that way. I'm not interested in Christians or churches. I, haven't, I wasn't and I'm still not that say Jesus is the only way and live like something else. Imagine walking into a church and seeing what Timothy describes here. People will be lovers of themselves. Imagine walking into a church where self is elevated over Jesus Christ. Where my ways are elevated over Jesus Christ's ways. Imagine walking into a church that was full of lovers of money. Where people were boastful. People were proud, abusive, and disobedient to their parents. They have no, no respect for their elders. They were, imagine walking into a church where people were ungrateful. They, weren't, they had no gratitude towards Jesus Christ or to anyone. Where they were unholy, without love, where they were unforgiving, where church members had grudges against each other all the time and they were unwilling to forgive. Imagine walking to a church where people were slanderous, without self-control, where they weren't lovers of what is good. They were treacherous, rash, conceited, and they were lovers of pleasure. They, they went after what made them feel good rather than loving God. And the worst, they had a form of godliness but denied his power. They would sing praises to Jesus, but they denied any power God had over their lives or in the world. Where they didn't believe the power of the Holy Spirit, where they didn't believe that God is active and working. Imagine walking to a church like that. That's what he's describing. That kind of church I would, I would visit one time. Instead, I want to see consistency in the message of the Bible, the gospel message, and the church, and the people in that church. Consistency. That's what brings people to Jesus. Remember, the only Bible most people read is you and us. So let's create the kind of culture, the kind of community, the kind of church where someone walks in and says, I want to be part. I don't know what these people have, but they got something I don't. 
And until I figure out what it is, I'm here. And through that love and through that community, the gospel is communicated. That's the way it's been since the time of Jesus to now. The casual. Guys, next week we're going to talk about the next step. If you are in the casual, if this is your first time visiting, I'm going to invite you to come back next Sunday. We'd love to have you. And if you have been here 15 years, I'm going to invite you to come back next Sunday, okay? Because this is is our family. And we're going to talk about these steps that we're going to be taking as we move from uncommitted to fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, the path that we all need to walk. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.